Paradox. It is Laura. I am bringing you season three, episode 16 of the Power Mama Docs podcast. Um, today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Latoya Oglesby, who is a pediatrician in Atlanta, Georgia. And she spent an hour with me and we just chit chatted about life and her family and her work and her kiddos and, of course, running. Um, she was someone, uh, lots of people asked me to talk to, uh, LaToya because she shared with us, um, the power, um, community, such wonderful posts during, uh, Black History Month, um, this past February and did a lot of education and just shared a wealth of knowledge about our, um, Black men and women um, throughout American history and it was wonderful so we thank you LaToya and we just had a fantastic conversation Um, we had a lot of technical difficulties Um, for some reason my anchor app was going in and out and sometimes I couldn't hear her but I pieced together uh, uh, what I could so it's gonna feel like it's starting and stopping a bit uh, a bunch and maybe I will be sort of trying to figure out what is going on but that being said um, we got most of the interview on uh, tape here and I hope you guys enjoy hi it's Latoya hi Latoya can you hear me okay I can can you hear me yes I can wow that was pretty seamless usually takes us a couple tries (laughs) Nice to meet you. I'm Laura. Um, nice to been, meet you too. <laughs> I've been stalking your Facebook and stalking you in general. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> but thank you so much for setting aside time. I know you must be really no busy. And you um, have a million things to do, but um, no problem. I'm really, I'm and really I apologize glad. in advance if there's any background noise from my children. Um, oh. I requested that they, you know, leave me in peace for about the next hour, but that generally doesn't work. So I know. I know. Well, if you've heard any of the other ones, sometimes we hear like dogs barking, uh-huh. kids come in, ask for snacks, and yes. you take little breaks. It's really, um, I think I was writing to you, this is low key. It's just for us, like, power mama docs to just kind of get to know our community and no one I we know no one else is listening it's not like a professional like podcast or anything like that so we can let our hair down and just be (laughs) real sounds Um, good yeah so LaToya is it LaToya Taylor or LaToya Oglesby Oglesby Taylor's my maiden name I see that Uh, Mm -hmm. so do you go by Dr. Oglesby I do yes and you are a pediatrician I am. I am. I'm a hospitalist. Is that right? Yes. You go by your married name. And you're a pediatrician? I am. And you are, are you in Georgia right now? Is that where you live? I am. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. I think you um, grew up in Michigan. And as I can see, it's like Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can be a bit obnoxious. Go March Madness. That's but, right. Um, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and um, I went to University of Michigan for college and med school, and then did residency at Cincinnati. Oh, hello. 
Oh no, I lost you again. Hmm. I'm wondering. Can oh yes, I got can you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, I okay. Okay. I don't know how much of that you heard. Um, um that you you did your residency in Cincinnati. I did, and then I came here um, just right after residency um, to work as a hospitalist for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Okay. So I've been here; it'll be 15 years in July, actually. Oh wow! And you're a hospitalist. Yeah. That is. I cool. am. Yes, oh, man. Um, where did you meet your husband, uh, Ricky? Right? <laughs> yes, Ricky. I, I actually met him here in Atlanta. Um, it was just kind of a random, I was out running errands. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd actually just come from the gym. So I looked a hot mess. And <laughs> uh, he asked me out. So I figured he might be a decent guy. Um, you know, I may not even need to take a shower to go on a date, you know, yeah. if he's asking me out in this condition. <laughs> um, so it was just kind of a random uh, encounter. But yeah, that's cool. <laughs> So what brought you to Atlanta or Georgia in the first, just the job? Like, were you just looking to branch out? It was the job. And um, my sister had moved here a year prior. Um, her husband's job had transferred him here. So I knew I'd have family here. Um, I have an uncle that has lived here, you know, for decades. So I'd come to visit on multiple occasions and, you know, thought it was a nice, always a nice city to visit. So really just wanting a change of scenery since I never lived outside of the Midwest. So okay. I ended up here. <laughs> and tell us about like your job and your schedule because being a hospitalist is not easy. Yeah. So I'm actually a nocturnist now. Um, and I became a nocturnist in 2018 when my oldest uh, son, Nolan, was starting uh, kindergarten just for more flexibility. Yeah. Um, so that I could be available to participate in things at the school um, and whatnot. And also um, here um, when Ricky and I started a family um, because I'm her only child. And so she was pretty. Ooh. I lost you again. Hello. Hello. Yes. Okay. okay. And so um, my mother had moved here as well, and she took care of both of our children until the age of two, and then we put them in school. So I also, you know, flipped to be a nocturnist just to give her a bit of a break as well, um, just since she was getting older and, you know, having uh, some health issues. Um, so as a nocturnist, I work 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Um, obviously, the winters are extremely busy. Sometimes we have over 100 patients on our service, so I'm covering all of those patients um, in addition to admitting uh, new patients. But luckily, we have a lot of support at night, so I'm not alone. Um, there are other physicians to help, um, you know, with admissions and, and managing some of the floor patients. But it was definitely a change. I missed some of the continuity um, that I had when I was a, a day physician, but it just provides me a bit more balance. Um, with work and, and family life. So were you, when you were a day physician, were you mm -hmm. as well, or you yes. did like mostly outpatient stuff? No, nope, so I've since finishing residency, I've strictly been a hospitalist, which Got is it. interesting because when I started residency, I was actually on the primary care track because I thought I would go into, you know, private practice, outpatient pediatrics, 
but I realized that I did not like leaving the wards to go to my continuity clinic. And that mm-hmm. was just one half day a week. So I figured, you know, outpatient medicine probably was not for me then. Wow. So um, what's your schedule like week to week then? Like how many shifts do you have to work? Ooh, Latoya. Ah, I'm missing you. Oh, I can hear you. Okay. Hello? So okay. we don't have a set um you know, we, we don't do like seven on seven off or, or anything like that. Um, and for me, I generally work about seven or eight, um, a month, uh, shifts a month, but I also have to do some administrative duties because I'm also the associate medical director for my hospitalist group. Um, so kind of between, you know, those two things, it's, it's quite big. Hello. Oh. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. The Wi Fi or something. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. Did you get all of that? I wonder if it's, um, could it be my signal? I think so. Because, um, yeah, I think mine is fine. fine. How's your Wi Fi? It's fine. It, it is. Yeah, it's showing okay. that it's, you know, all good. It's fine. Okay. Are you using a speaker or using Bluetooth? I'm um, using speaker. Okay. And I can yeah. usually hear you when you can't hear me. Yeah, that is so weird. But I don't know. It just like goes out somehow. It's just very strange. Okay. We'll we'll keep on going. Um I heard up to oh yeah, you're doing like seven to eight shifts a month mm-hmm. and some um admin stuff. Yes. So sounds like it gives you enough flexibility what is that like two shifts a week maybe yeah it varies um you know some months my shifts are all front loaded um and that was pretty much the case for March and some they're you know more spaced out uh throughout the month I generally don't do more than three in a row every once in a while four so you know just depends yeah yeah it's so hard on your body to um to work at night. I don't know if you felt a difference since you have started nights or do you just feel like it's, it's better for your lifestyle. So it's fine. It was a transition in the beginning. You know, I really had to figure out, you know, the, the appropriate sleeping patterns. <laughs> um, yeah. And I generally have trouble like dur- sleeping during the day of my first night, just because, you know, I'm used to a normal person's schedule. Um, but I figured out I, I do have to take sleep aids in that in that uh, situation. So I usually take something to help me get a good nap in during the day of the first night that I'm, you know, um, going to be on service. And after that, I generally, you know, will sleep fine the subsequent nights. And then as long as I force myself to get up early, kind of following my last night, then I'm, I can pretty easily get back into a normal sleep routine. It took me a few months to figure all of that out, but I generally overall feel pretty well rested. And I think the important thing is just making sure I'm getting enough sleep, you know, those nights that I'm not working. So is your mother still living with you? Like how, like giving you that extra like child support if like someone needs to be picked up and you're still like snapping Mm -hmm. or something? Yeah. So she lives about 10 minutes away from us. Um, But yeah, she does still help us out from, from time to time. But my husband, you know, with the pandemic, he's been working from home. So um, he's been able to manage a lot of that when I'm working. Yeah. What does he do? He works for Bank of America. He's in wealth management, um, a trust officer for them. So 
nothing at all related to medicine, which is nice. <laughs> that is nice. That is good. That's awesome. Tell us about your kids, um, Nolan, which I just had gotten up. I was watching him run up the 50 meter dash that oh, he yes. won. Yes, he was on able, Facebook. He was able to get one meet in before everything shut down last year. Um, but yes. we're hoping to get back into that because he seems to be a natural and he really enjoys it. So, um. Aww. And he's eight or nine. Oh, hello. Uh oh. Yes. 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 yes he's eight. Okay. And my daughter Bailey is five. Aww. Or as she would have me say, five and a half. <laughs> five and a half. And she's in kindergarten. She, well, she misses the birthday cut off for Georgia to be in kindergarten this year. So she's actually in pre-K. Um, okay. The cutoff is September 1st and her birthday is September 8th. So she'll ah, just be the old right one in here. the class. <laughs> are they like in school, um, you know, in person or are they doing like a blended type of thing or no, they're at home? Oh, hello. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Now okay. I can. So Nolan has been virtual the entire school year, and we're just going to finish it out that way, um, mainly because the school is so big. Um, and, you know, we're in Georgia, so it took a while for people to get on board with actually, you know, being safe in terms of uh, coronavirus in the schools. Yeah. Um, my daughter, though, she we did keep her out for several months in the beginning, um, but her school is much smaller, and it's more of a daycare preschool so you know younger age children mostly you know infants and this past Monday but we just opted to continue with what we're doing since the school year is almost over yeah and, and he's well. has he been okay at home he has actually um he you know because we check in with him and get his opinion on things and he's consistently said he likes learning at home as much as being in the building so Okay. He doesn't seem to mind. We actually um, went to return some books at the library a couple of weeks ago and we ran into one of his buddies. There's like a park and pond uh, by the library. So that made him happy to see one of his friends from school out and about. And, you know, they, they were able to run together for a little while. So he's had some socialization um, here and there. A couple of our neighbors, um, they've either been homeschooled or been doing remote learning and working from home as well so we kind of have our little bubble and we let them play outside so he hasn't been completely deprived from social interactions got it got it i mean i guess he has his sister i don't know how well or not well they get along but um you know that's someone to <laughs> interact with I guess. yes exactly <laughs> yeah. um is does he do any activities like got you know or at all or are you you guys have decided to shut everything down. Yeah, we've shut everything down for now, but we're hoping um, to get them back into sports and things um, for the summer. Um, he's been doing like some coding um, and robotics online programs, but um, no sports right now. Got it. I'm curious because you're a hospitalist. Like, did you see COVID in kids um, that were hospitalized a lot, like throughout the year? Mm -hmm. So. Early on, um, whenever we would have a patient with acute COVID, it would tend to be an adolescent. Um, yeah. And then during the surge around the holidays, we had a lot of children with MISC. 
which was pretty scary um, mm. because, I mean, they get sick really quickly. Like you admit them, they're fine. And within four hours, you're sending them to the ICU because their blood pressures are just bottoming out. Um, so that, I mean, we honestly have seen more of that than acute COVID in the pediatric hospitalist setting. Um, but luckily that's starting to slow down a bit now as cases are getting better here in Georgia. Yeah. Do you feel like it's letting up a little bit? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how you feel your local hospital and, you know, community has done with COVID. Like, do you feel like people in general have been careful or where, not? where we live, they've been pretty good. Um, I live in Smyrna, which is just outside of uh, kind of the Fulton County city of Atlanta um, border. And, you know, people here are pretty responsible. I haven't had issues with going to the grocery store and seeing people without a mask on or or anything like that. But, you know, kind of the further north you get, the more of that you'll see where people don't believe in masks and and whatnot. Um, But a lot of the local governments, I feel, have done a good job because I do think we lacked leadership at the state level. Um, But luckily, a lot of local leaders um, were a bit more aggressive with, you know, mask mandates and things like that. Yeah. Are there plans for your kids to, you know, go back to school like later in the spring or are you going to keep them home, just finish the year like this? Yeah, no one will just finish the year like this because they, the last day of school is, um, I can't remember the exact date, but it's the Wednesday before Memorial Day. So I feel at this point it's working. He's learning. We'll just write it out. But um, yeah. I hope that things continue to move in the right direction and fully intend to send them both in August. So since my daughter will be starting kindergarten, um, I don't know about trying to do virtual learning with the kindergarten. I don't know that it would be (laughs) as, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm looking forward hopefully to more of a normal school year next fall with the rollout of the vaccines. Did your mother get a vaccine? (laughs) Yep. Both of my parents are fully vaccinated. Um, Yay. Yay. Um, my in-laws are fully vaccinated. Um, yes. My sister has had her first dose and I have an uncle, the uncle I mentioned earlier, who's lived here for decades, who has been very hesitant to get the vaccine. He's, even though he's a cancer survivor, he has made many excuses. Hello. Oh, uh, Latoya. Yeah, okay. yeah, I can. <laughs> I don't know if they're like uh, what you do. I guess, I guess you're. You don't feel like you're doing anything to get me back, huh? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is really strange. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, it's I'm no so problem. sorry. Yeah. Um, so your uncle got his vaccine. He has not. I. Um, oh, he's not. No, he's been stubborn about it. So, and I've been giving him a chance to schedule his appointment on his own, and he's been making excuses. So today, yeah. I scheduled an appointment for him, and I just called him and told him where to be and when. Okay. And he said, "Okay." I love it. <laughs> I love you know, it. He lives love alone, it. and you know, we'd like to see him more and all of because you know he would come over all the time when 
Ricky will barbecue and, and all of that stuff. He's always come, he would always come over and eat. So we want to get back to doing that. So yeah, he grumbled a bit, you know, but he grumbled about, I want the one where it's just one shot. And I said, well, that's not available. So this is what you're doing. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> uh, well, you're doing your part, Latoya. I'm very appreciative. I, you know, spent, I don't know, 30 minutes talking my doorman the other day trying to get him to yeah. sign up and I I was like can I have your information so I could just get you an appointment right exactly just give me I mean, I really, and yes, yes just, yeah vital information um yeah I don't I know. Did, um... hopefully hopefully he'll get it maybe I could call his family and conspire <laughs> that's with right them to try, try to get yeah. him an appointment and where I um, work a lot of the non-physician employees have not you know, gotten the vaccine. I did a talk for the um, housekeeping staff at the hospital and hopefully changed some minds and, you know, took care of yeah. some myth busting. But, you know, I don't know. I know. But all you can do I is do educate f- people and, you know. That's right. <laughs> I feel like the tide is turning a little bit yes. now that it's been around yeah. for a little bit longer. Like, yeah, I could understand people didn't want to be the first person mm-hmm. to get it, but it is now like, March and you know millions of people at this point have gotten exactly so um I do feel like some people are like okay Mm -hmm. maybe it's something we should do so and my husband actually participated in the Novavax trial that's going oh yeah here in Atlanta Mm -hmm. oh that's exciting so he's been in that and it started as a double blinded um placebo control trial but they switched it to um a crossover, I think because they were worried about, you know, people dropping out as more and more people became eligible to get the vaccine. Okay. So did so. he get the vaccine? He did. did he get- yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So those who got the placebo first will now get the vaccine. And- okay. So he's done. Yep. So yeah. done too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That is great. Well, I wanted to talk about you and your husband because you said you were working out, uh-huh. which is another thing that we do a lot in <laughs> our group. And I see you on Peloton a lot, which yes. is amazing. I'm kind of new to Peloton, but okay. so tell me, tell me all about like your journey of like staying fit and exercise, running, mm-hmm. um, the Peloton. It sounds like you were probably active for a long time. Yeah, I actually got into running around 2011. I I guess I should say I did run track in high school, but I was never a competitive athlete. I was more competitive when it came to academics. And I had an uncle who was the track coach at my high school and said, hey, you should get on the track team. I said, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it was a good experience, but I was a sprinter. I still am not a fan of long distance running. I have not participated in anything um, beyond a 10K. Um, but it was- a good- That's long though. <laughs> yeah, for, especially <laughs> for me. I mean, a 5K, I'm like, okay, this, this is enough. About 30 minutes of running, that's good. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but I know a lot of, you know, the ladies in the group do half and full marathons and more yeah. power to them. Maybe yeah. one day, I don't know, but I doubt it. Um, <laughs> but I did run track um, when I was in high school. But after that, I just didn't really run much. Um, And I got back into it um, around 2011, because when we moved to Smyrna, we moved um, within walking distance to a pretty popular trail, the Silver Comet, 
that goes from mm-hmm. Georgia to Alabama. And um, before that, I did have a gym membership, you know, and I would run on the trail treadmill, but it was just pretty mundane and not very exciting. So when we moved here, I started going out to the trail and running and I started to enjoy it more. Um, and that's when I really got into, you know, signing up for races. And, mm. you know, after my first race, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Just, you know, the energy and the vibe from participating in a race with all these people you don't know. Um, so, yeah, that just kind of motivated me to keep up with it. I would sign up for different races pretty frequently. Um, yeah. And so at that point, I, you know, I was good in terms of keeping up with my cardio, but not doing much in terms of strength training. And I ended up before Peloton, I was a member at Orange Theory for quite a while, um, Mm. which was a good way for me to balance strength training and cardio. Um, But then, you know, COVID came. So I actually, it's been over a year since I've been in Orange Theory. Um, And so I started doing uh, the Peloton workouts at home. Um, That's that story of like, orange theory people like switching to peloton is uh-huh. like a common theme yep. and everyone would be like trying to because i didn't i didn't do orange orange theory but it's like people are trying to like i don't know um say like the you know the, the either the levels or how fast you're going and translating uh-huh. that into the peloton tread yep. and all this other stuff so like i'm like what is going on yes it's but very it was, similar you know, yes do you have a tread or you just, you use the app? I use the app. I had a treadmill already, so I didn't get, you know, the Peloton tread. I just use the app with the one that I have. Yeah. Um, I have thought about getting the bike just to switch it up. And I know so many people that have the bike that love it. Even people that are runners like it yeah. just for, you know, a low impact um, alternative. So I've thought about that, but I mostly do like the tread boot camps and I actually spend a lot of time just with isolated strength workouts too. Yeah. Like outside of Peloton or? No, mainly through um, Peloton. Mm -hmm. Got it. So tell us who's your favorite, like, you know, instructors, what are your favorite (laughs) classes? So anything with Jess Sims, she's by far my favorite and she's actually on a break right now. And I'm kind of upset about that, although I do (laughs) want her to get the rest that she needs, but I need her to come back. But no, I just, I like her vibe. She always drops, you know, pearls during the workouts. Um, You know, one of my favorite quotes by her is you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And Mm -hmm. she, you know, she just always reminds us to, you know, that it's a, honor to be able to work out you know you don't have to do it you get to do it and that's just the kind of thing that I need to hear especially on those days I don't really feel like doing it um so I definitely like her energy and I like her workouts I find when I do her workouts that a day or two after I'm still sore so I feel like I'm getting what I need um out of her um I like Adrian as well um Rebecca um, I like Ben, um, some of his, uh, lower body workouts. I really haven't found anyone that I don't like. I just, you know, I'm a little more energized with some versus others, yeah. but I do yeah. try to mix it up. Cause I, I found that they all tend to f- focus on different muscle groups. So that way I kind of make sure throughout the month, I'm mixing up strength workouts from a lot of different, um, coaches or instructors. 
So how often are you running and working out like in a week? Like how do you manage to fit it all in? Like how often are you doing it? I try to do five days a week. Um, but again, sometimes that varies just depending on, you know, my work schedule. I'm not really the greatest at getting a workout in after working a night shift. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, you know, between sleeping and then trying to have some, you know, time with my kids, um, it just doesn't afford me a lot of extra time. But I may get, you know, a short run in on the trail or something like that on those days. But for the most part, I get five days in a week, which is pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> have you been able to maintain that during the pandemic? I have. Yeah. 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 Um, and what, What's changed the most, do you think, in the pandemic in terms of, I don't know, your regular schedule, whether it's, I guess maybe it's just the kids being home? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's been a good thing because it's forced me to just breathe and calm down. Um, early on, um, I'd say like April last year, I really realized I wasn't feeling rushed all the time, which was nice. You know, it's... Yeah you do miss doing those things like going out to eat or my mom and I would always go to shows at the Fox. So, or concerts, Ricky and I, you know, we love going to concerts. So I miss those things, but it was also nice to just take a breath and not feel like I was just on the go from the time the alarm went off until, you know, I fell asleep at night. Um, And just being able to spend more time together. Um, A lot of, one-on-one time with each child, um, you know, since we have been home more. Um, so that's been nice. And just experimenting with new recipes since we weren't going out to eat as yeah, which has actually been good for me focusing on my eating and doing better in, <laughs> in that regard. Right. I mean, a lot of home cooked meals yeah. these days. Sure. I've always been yeah. good with staying active, but you know, passing up on the sweets or pizza or burgers has been my downfall. So I've been able to get that in check. <laughs> I had a lot of requests to talk to you, um, especially after February, which you did an amazing, I saw it was actually on your regular Facebook feed, but you did us the honor of posting it also in Power Mama Docs. But um, you t- every day you posted an educational post on some wonderful, amazing, um, you know, Black man or woman in history, and um, many of them being women, which I really appreciated. Um, so th- first of all, thank you for that. Oh, you're it, was, um, it was amazing. Um, I look forward to your post every day. Um, Obviously, being a black woman in this country has, you know, naturally um, sparked your interest in, you know, black history in this country. But is it something that, you know, that you've always been sort of passionate about? It is um, just from when I was young. um, I think and I think I shared the story of um, when I was in second grade, um, we were taking a field trip to the Flint Symphony to see the orchestra and the assignment was to write about a composer and so I naturally thought about you know the popular people Beethoven, Mozart, Bach and my dad said well you know I'd like you to read about Scott Joplin and Howard Swanson first and if you still want to write on you know one of those composers that's fine but just you know read about these two men first because I didn't know anything about any black composers before that. And so I did, and I was floored. And, 
you know, became interested in ragtime and thought it was the coolest thing. And so I chose to, you know, do my report on Scott Joplin. And really after that, whenever I had an assignment to write about a person, be it a poet, an author, whatever, I always centered it on, you know, someone African-American. Um, and just really took the time to educate myself independently because unfortunately then and now um, a lot isn't really taught um, in school about the contributions um, of African-Americans to this country. So it's yeah. definitely been an interest I've had for years. Um, and I started doing it on my personal Facebook page. Uh, I've probably, I've been doing it at least for six or seven years where every day I post a different fact. I always start off the month with a poem by Langston Hughes because February 1st is his birthday and he's my favorite mm -hmm. and his words are always relevant. Um, yeah. And usually um, in the past, the months have been more evenly divided between um, male and female um, people that I'm highlighting. And, but yeah. this year, just as I was thinking about people I wanted to talk about, I just gravitated towards women. Um, so I think, yeah. I mean, probably 22 or 23 of the days um, focused on women. And I think it was probably a combination of, you know, the joy of Kamala Harris making history, juxtaposed with, you know, there still being no justice for Breonna Taylor's family. That just made me really mm -hmm. want to focus on Black women this year. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for for all the work that you put in, and you know, we hope that we are, you know, worthy of 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 all that effort that you put in. Because really, you know, it was so enlightening. Um, I, you know, just as a OBGYN, I remember reading about Henry Henrietta mm -hmm. Lacks that you had read about, who had these amazing cells, unfortunately, that she had had cervical cancer and science has um, benefited mm -hmm. so much and we all have benefited so much on her behalf and yet her family mm -hmm. um, has not um, gotten the benefit of all, you know, the science that has come out of um, her mm -hmm. cells her and her body. And it was just so representative of what happens in this country, right? Uh, exactly. Like a black woman's body her physical body is is you know taken is you know all this stuff is taken from her and um, without her knowledge without her consent and um you know history is you know moves on and everyone benefits from her except for her and her mm -hmm. memory and her family so thank you for that yeah. it's just I, obviously i should have known about this but i didn't no problem so. no it's, it's my pleasure yes. and you know, just along those lines, just, you know, the fact that a Black woman contributed to, you know, all of these medical advances that have saved so many lives. But then, you know, you look at the disparity in the healthcare system towards Black women. And I mean, I think that's one of the best ways we can honor the memory of Henrietta Lacks is to fix that problem. You know? That's right. I mean, yes, that uh, that irony is just... Um... It's, it, yeah, it's eye-opening and it's something that, you know, um, I thought of mm -hmm. a lot, you know, during Black History Month. So thank you no again for My that. My pleasure. Thank you for Do reading. Do you often, <laughs> no, um, of course, of course. 
Um, do you talk to your kids a lot uh, about uh, these people or during Black History Month? Or I guess it's just in your everyday life. That's something that you're that you would probably try to sort of, you know, blend yeah, in. Yeah, you know, we talk about it a lot during the month, but certainly, you know, year round. Um, I mean, my son is well versed in <laughs> in Black history. Um, <laughs> so he, you know, knows about a lot of people and, and what they've done. And it's nice to see him teach my daughter um, as well, yep. which is kind of nice. Um, like they both love Ruby Bridges. She's their hero. And they think she's just the greatest person ever. Um, but yeah, it's definitely important for me to, you know, pass that knowledge on to them and just, you know, to make sure they're aware of the history that's being made as we live too. Um, you know, they're both aware of the history and the recent elections, not just, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris, but even the senators in Georgia, you know, they are aware that Senator Warnock is the first black man elected from Georgia and that John Ossoff is the first Jewish man. So, um, and my son really, you know, enjoys seeing these things happen in, in real time and understands um, how important it is to see, so. Yeah. I mean, your state, your your city is making a lot of waves in the last in the last like six months to a year. So, you're you're in the history of like <laughs> you're making history. Yes, down there. and hopefully we will continue to make history. I'm really hoping to see it in 2022 with the governor race, but we'll see. Um, and that's yeah. if you know they're unsuccessful in their latest voter suppression efforts. Um, which I, I hope they will be, um, but, you know, we, we shall see. Um, my sure. mind is kind of focused on how I can help if, you know, these bills, you know, do make it all the way through. Um, so just so that we have a plan in place, how are we going to help to yeah. still get people to the polls? So I think, yeah. you know, voters our of color have seen the power of our vote here. So. I still believe people are going to, you know, do their best to get out and make their voices heard, no matter what antics. Um, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear. Me. Do you participate in any other sort of like outs like activism or groups or anything like um, that? I volunteer quite a bit with Fair Fight, um, just you know during um, this election. Uh, cycle. Um, so that's been kind of the big thing um, for me lately. But um, just as a family, we do volunteer work through like Habitat for Humanity and, um, you know, the food bank. Um, and then just um, being affiliated with like, the Morehouse School of Medicine and their residency program, just, you know, trying to help mm -hmm. with the recruitment and things of things of that nature which is activism in in a way yeah. trying to produce more you know physicians of color for the future so yeah is your hospital uh officially uh affiliated with the residency yeah both program? at emory and morehouse um so it's the primary uh, teaching site for the morehouse pediatric residency program and for the inpatient peds mm -hmm. um rotation for their medical students. And then the Emory residents, if they choose to, they can do a third year hospital elective where they rotate with us as well. 
And then we're also the pediatric teaching site for two of the family medicine uh, programs here in Atlanta, Wellstar and Gwinnett Medical Centers. Yeah. So are you frequently um, teaching residents like on your night shifts or? Yeah, just frequently. Most nights I'm, I'm on with the resident. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. maybe a medical student. Awesome. Um, do you have any academic responsibilities or it's just the teaching So it's on the, the teaching on the wards. And then I am responsible for um, a monthly CME. We have a radiology conference where, you know, we present interesting cases from our service. Um, and one of the attending radiologists attends the conferences with us where, you know, we go over the interesting findings and they're great at giving us teaching points on what other imaging modalities you could use um, based on the patient's presentation. And then I do, you know, just some teaching points on the, you know, whatever the patient's diagnosis was. And we usually do about five or six cases, um, you know, for each conference. Um, and then we have others, you know, CME conferences with our specialists as well. So we, our group really does a good job of, of keeping up with our um, CME. Yeah. Awesome. Do you feel like your nocturnous job, like, you know, for many people working at night is not a like sustainable mm-hmm. thing, but have you thought as far as like, how long are you going to do it this way? Or it, you feel like your body is adjusted and it's been a pretty good thing for your family. So you're just going to continue. I feel like it's worked well for my family. And I honestly, I'm less tired as a nocturnist than I was on days. And I think just because when I was yeah. on days, I worked a lot more days. And then at throwing in the um, academic and administrative responsibilities, I never really felt like I had a day off. Um, so at least as a nocturnist, since I have less clinical time when I'm throwing in those other obligations, I don't feel so overwhelmed. Um, so I honestly don't know that I would go back to being on days. Maybe, you know, when my kids are much older, um, kind of in, you know, um, I don't feel a need to be at home as much, but right now, um, I don't have any intention of being anything other than a nocturnist. (laughs) Awesome. Are there many of you guys like together? I guess yeah, there's four of us that are primary nocturnists. So the other doctors rarely have to do overnights. That's only if one of us is taking, you know, a lot of vacation time in one particular month. But for the most part, and we all have different FTEs. So um, we generally will fill all the nights for a given month. Yeah. My husband is an ER physician. He Uh used to work nights many, many years ago. Um, and I, I agree, it was so good mm-hmm. for the family schedule. Um, but as he put, he felt like it was okay. hard on his body. So that's, I guess, was where I'm, I'm getting at. And, um, you know, they have done some health studies to show that nocturnists or people who work at night, like, suffer for from some, yeah. you know, health issues, yeah. like, later on. So, um, but it sounds like you guys... Um, you know, the exchange is not one-to-one, meaning if you work nights, you work a little bit less than the day people. So maybe that is, in that way, it's Yeah, a, it's we a do. Exchange. So, because I'm a, I'm 0.7 clinical um, FTE for my nights, and that's how I get to like the seven or eight. But when I was on days, I mean, that same 0.7 is like 16 days out of the month. And so then when uh, you're, yeah. you know, adding in the meetings and all of those, you know, other admin responsibilities, right. um, 
you know, I felt like I was always doing something work related um, because like I started the unit based rounds at our hospital. So that was a really big project that took up, you know, a lot of time. Um, So it's, you know, I do other things like that that aren't clinical, but still take up quite a bit of bit of time and a lot of meetings and, you know, things you'd rather not do on your day off. (laughs) I just, yeah, 0.7 sounds Mm -hmm. like great until your department shows you what 0.7 plus all these other things are. And then you're like, wait. (laughs) 0.7 Yeah. 0.7 is not 0.7. 0.7 is yeah. like 1.5. Yeah. I think if I was 1.0 clinical, oh. I wouldn't be as happy as a nocturnist, you know, because that would obviously be. And then yeah. I think it would impact me more. Yeah. Um, but I think I yeah. found the sweet spot. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounded also that you were able to negotiate something, you know, I don't know if it's unique to you. Maybe they do it for other people, but it sounds like you were in a position that, you know, you were able to negotiate a good, um, I don't know, good clinical yeah. uh, situation for yourself. Yeah. yeah and one so. of my um, partners who's been an nocturnist and she joined our group, tried to get me to do it several years ago. And, you know, she's a single mom with three kids and would always talk about how great it was, but we have very different personalities. And I would joke with her all the time, like, but you thrive on chaos. And I don't, I don't know that I would like it. <laughs> and now I'm like, I should have listened to you back in 2012. Yes. <laughs> but you do. Yeah, you do love it. <laughs> awesome. I'm looking at this sweet picture of <laughs> Bailey. Oh, my God. So tell me uh-huh. about your kids. Tell, well, we talked about Nolan a little bit, but yes. so let's talk about Bailey. What is she into? What does she like to do? Is she like a princessy type of girl or is she like um, a sports type yeah, of girl? She's what, a what good she mix like of both. Like she will wrestle with her brother, yeah. go outside and want to climb trees. She will find the mud to play in. But at the same time, last night, she Mm. said, Mommy, I want my toes painted. Can you take me to the nail place? (laughs) Or she'll want to, you know, wear a skirt or a dress to school. So she's she's a good mix of of both. Um, (laughs) But she just she's very inquisitive. She's very strong willed, which I love. And I know it will bode well for her as an adult. But it certainly makes being a parent challenging. because she wants to be the boss and I have to let her know that she's not. (laughs) So, (laughs) and that's why I think, you know, virtual learning with her would be a completely different experience than it's been with Nolan. He's much more laid back, just kind of takes initiative, knows what to do. I know there would be a lot of pushback if, (laughs) if it were her. So, (laughs) She does. She likes to be in charge. She likes to boss her brother around, even though he's older. He's often heard saying, you're not the boss of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you tell her. (laughs) Oh, that's very sweet. Is there stuff that she's into learning, like music or art or sports or? So she loves music. um, And her, actually her, where she was taking gymnastics, they haven't uh, resumed classes yet, but she was really um, into that. So we're hoping to get her back into that, but she loves music, just singing and dancing to anything. Um, You know, if it's, I mean, 
she probably has watched Hamilton on Disney Plus at least a hundred times. Um, <laughs> so really mm-hmm. in the Disney sing-alongs too. Um, but yeah, she's really into music and, and dancing. Um, so that's kind of, that's her thing. <laughs> and what about Nolan besides, well, I guess track, he's taking, he's a, uh, He's like his mama and he wants to. Yeah, he likes track and he likes to watch football and basketball, even though he hasn't played them before track. He um, he did play soccer, um, but just kind of lost interest in it. So track is really the only sport he's interested in participating in. But. Hello. Okay. Yeah, I know. We're, I was like, we did so good for like thirty minutes without like. <laughs> yeah, he likes to watch other sports, even though track is the one he participates in. He loves to watch football and basketball. Yeah. He's filled out his bracket yeah. for March Madness. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I he cheers for <laughs> Michigan football team, although it's quite de- although it's quite depressing he these days. So I tell him the glory days uh. of when I was an undergrad and they were good and. <laughs> Every year I find myself saying, maybe you this know. is the season, and then, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's always fun to watch. Does you, Where did your husband go to school, and is there like a, uh, I don't know, football? Like, so he uh, went to Payne College on? in Augusta, Georgia. It's a um, small liberal arts HBCU uh-huh. there. Um, but he grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, yeah. so he's a South Carolina fan. So Michigan and South Carolina Got did it. meet in two bowl games since we've been married. And we Oh really? We, we could not watch what them together because we are both quite obnoxious. <laughs> and I'm sad to say South Carolina won both times. But because he no! wanted to remain in the house, he just said good game and that was all we said about it. <laughs> And did you really, yes. you watched yeah, it in like separate actually, rooms or the something? The second time they played together, he watched it over his brothers. Um, the first time they played together, he mm-hmm. watched it over one of his friends. We cannot, we can't watch it together. <laughs> that would be crazy. The next time we should buy you tickets to a live game and make you sit next to each other. As they play live in front of you and, and see what happens and see if there's not a huge, like a divorce. It's, funny, that occurs it's only like that for our college football teams. Like, you know, I being from Michigan, I'm a fan of all of the Detroit teams. So like if the Lions and Panthers are playing, we can watch because I mean, the Lions suck. So I know they're probably going to lose. So I'm not really, you know, emotionally invested in it. Or we can watch the Braves and the Tigers. Yeah. But Michigan and South Carolina, that we cannot do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's That's just right. something about your college and like, and sports. I mean, University of Michigan, mm-hmm. everything was so big there, you know, it's like so big sports. Right. You can't like just exactly. go there. You have to be like a passionate. Yeah. And my dad went to Michigan. So he started taking me to football games when I was like seven. So it's just, you know, I, I bleed maize and blue. It's in your blood. <laughs> yes. It's in your blood. So did you say your he dad lives in still Chicago lives up in there in uh, Michigan? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, in the cold weather. Still a fan of the cold. So, and we actually haven't yes. seen him Have since you been a- November 2019. So, mm-hmm. 
I was just, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you been able to travel no, or see your We haven't see seen him yet, but he got his there. second Moderna dose, what, two weeks ago? So I think he'll probably make his way here yeah. um, probably sometime this summer. Yeah. We've lots of FaceTime and mm-hmm. Zoom meetings with, like, you know, my dad and my aunts and uncles and cousins, you know, on his side of the family. So we've been able to stay connected. Have you guys discussed or gone? We have like, not. Taken a plane and anywhere? I actually um, intend to go to Michigan this summer, and I'm trying to decide if we're going to drive or fly. Um, one of my aunts there works mm. for the health department in Flint, and so she was able to help all my aunts and uncles and most of my cousins get vaccinated, um, which is great. So, um, you know, the plane ride is a little under two hours, but the drive is about 12 and that's like without kids so (laughs) and there's really not anywhere fun to stop you know in between to you know take a break I mean Kentucky is halfway um so I don't know we'll we'll figure it out we've got time yeah I mean I guess you Mm -hmm. and your husband are my mom as well so we'll probably end up getting on a plane I just I don't think my yeah. patience is set up for that drive. <laughs> yeah. Are your kids good? They mask are. Wearers? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the little one, yeah. Bailey, will she wear yeah, one? I, yeah. yeah, that won't be a problem. Yeah. So I think that's what we'll do. Because honestly, we went to Disney last year before, you know, in February, we just made it. And even that six hour ride was ridiculous. Are we there yet? How much longer? I'm ready to see many. So I can't imagine driving all the way to yes. Michigan. So, <laughs> and they're not good sleepers in the car. Like I always hope they'll just go to sleep for like three hours, four hours, but they never do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. My kids are not good in the car. We're in uh-huh. like, we're in New York city. Like they think 30, <laughs> 30 sure. minutes is a long drive. I'm like, do you know, <laughs> like people drive like really like, yes. they, you know, for their like soccer games, they drive 45 minutes somewhere. Like that's like normal to them. That's and hilarious. they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we just want to be there. <laughs> we're like, okay. Settle down oh. now. But yeah, um, I, I think a 12, like a two hour plane mm-hmm. ride with all the yep. adults vaccinated yeah. and the kids bring masks. I'm pretty masks, sure that that's what we're going to, me, to do. So. Yeah. Oh, I miss New York. Yeah. I would go. But before I would go, you know, at least once a year to catch a show. So I miss that. Yeah, my best friend and oh, I, yeah. we were supposed to go see um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway before. Mm-hmm. That was our big plan for 2020, mm. but it didn't happen. So, <laughs> but I know. Oh, I don't know when shows are coming back because you had mm-hmm. mentioned Hamilton with your daughter. I was like, oh, you should bring her one day. She uh-huh. would just lose her mind if she saw it in person. But um, Broadway, really? I, I okay. don't know, maybe fall, they're saying. Um, yeah, maybe. But those theaters mm-hmm. are so like yeah. old, you know, they're yeah. cramped. You like, you know, exactly. you've been there. They're, you sit on yeah. top of each other, basically. And they're just in these t- old buildings exactly. with like zero ventilation. And then people are like singing, like just <laughs> spewing mm-hmm. virus out of their lungs. So you really got to make sure that people are yeah. safe and vaccinated before um, Broadway opens up. So um 
we shall see hopefully i don't know yeah. hopefully hopefully soon and i do well, the who, broadway who in atlanta <laughs> you were saying <laughs> the atlanta theaters like you had a subscription and yeah so they've... different shows come here and they're supposed to start back up next year so I, all right uh, that's kind of the thing that i do with my mom um, we go to all this it's usually six shows a season so we go oh, to fun. those shows together so hopefully we can start doing that again next year so yeah <laughs> more normal mm-hmm. uh, yeah are there any races that were on the calendar last year that you had to miss or things yeah. you were looking forward to i had signed up for the wonder woman race that i missed and of course the peach tree is big hair um and speaking of that i need to go on and um register for that this year um but those were the two big ones that i was looking forward to then there were some around um the holidays that i signed up for um that i missed as well yeah when is peachtree usually is it like fourth of july oh fourth oh my gosh Mm -hmm. that's so hot there yeah (laughs) wow yeah that's that's, i mean that's the downside it's brutally hot and this year they're doing it different where it's normally just on the fourth but this year um they're having it on the third and the fourth got it um so you know it's a smaller crowd but yes it's very fun i love the energy but it's so hot (laughs) one year i got lucky though it was like 70 degrees very low humidity it was perfect but Mm -hmm. yeah generally it's not pleasant (laughs) is that a 10k yes Uh uh-huh fun yeah I think once in a while the you uh you know USA track and field does like the you the championships there where like the elite people come and run the 10k and stuff yeah. so that's exciting but like yeah July 4th in Atlanta <laughs> oh my god yeah it's not fun <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a little sticky <laughs> is it a hilly course um there's one part they call it cardiac hill where you go um in front of piedmont hospital that's a pretty steep hill um but for atlanta it's not a hilly race i mean the races i've done like downtown because this one goes from lennox mall to piedmont park straight down peachtree road but the ones i've done around downtown i feel like they are much hillier than the peach right it's really just that one hill and once you get past that you're you're good that's cool um, well, we're hitting an hour here. I want to be respectful of your time. And I'm surprised, like all the trouble that we had, we didn't get stopped once by your children barging into I know. <laughs> I can't even blame them today. Right. <laughs> They're being good. Um, they don't want a treat. <laughs> yes. They're like, what do I get <laughs> for being so good? Is your husband home too? He's like, he everyone is, home? Yeah. Like everyone's, everyone's Zooming in a different room or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good but Latoya thank you so much for taking the time and speaking um with me and just sharing all your wisdom and being part of uh, our community because you definitely make it richer and I just really you know enjoy reading your posts and thank you for all your labor um thank you you know it you know I just wanted to recognize it because I'm sure it, it can get tiring and um to to be explaining things all the time but um you know i really appreciate it so thank you no problem yeah all right latoya have a good evening you too nice chatting with you nice chatting Bye. bye bye well there you have it 
um, my conversation with Dr. Latoya Oglesby. Thank you so much for spending time with us, sharing your story. Um, I hope everyone is, you know, getting through this year okay, putting one foot in front of the other, and happy running, guys.